The following video is a solo run-through of Curse of Strahd in a lit RPG format. It is brought to you by Knights of the Braille. I have convinced Ismark that he should stay here with his sister and I head out carrying the body upon a wagon that, that I hope stays together. His body was not the easiest to load. The man was not heavy, but if it was hard enough for two of us to load the body, then it would be impossible for myself alone. And according to these two, since no one was willing to help, I can expect no help myself. As I round the curve, I can spot, did they call this a church? The church appears to be disintegrating into nothing and is missing more than a handful of shingles upon the roof and the porch's wooden flooring curls up as though it is fingers from a grave. The roof appears to be sagging and the walls and doors are marred with more of these claw marks. And looking up, I can see an ancient looking bell tower that, that I doubt would even ring anymore. <laughs> uh, to laugh with myself I can say this building has definitely weathered the assault of evil upon it and upon this place but yet the elements and the battle is constantly taking piece by piece plank by plank shingle by shingle and dare I say, soul by soul. The fog has burnt down to just a thin layer upon the ground, and, and I arrive at the church. I can't help but be a bit weary as I look around. Is something going to attack? Is something going to jump out? Have I taken more than is capable by 
one individual. As I get closer, I notice what I thought was paint is nothing more than mold and mildew and upon further inspection I can tell that while this has definitely stood the test of time the the rot and fungus are going to win the war I'm not sure how long this building will remain standing, but I can tell you that one thing is inevitable, and that is eventual fall. Even though that I can tell that the roof is sagging and that there are holes big enough for a troll to climb through, I still do not see how the rafters inside can hold up anything more than a sheet of paper but as I slowly make my way up the soggy steps and over the missing plates to the door I can see that the claw marks are deep into this once ornamental yet beautiful and serviceable doorway and these claws are identical to those at Ismark's house and they are made from Strahd's werewolves Having left the body at the edge of the graveyard, I step inside these doors and and as I enter in, I can hear I can hear something coming from back in the chapel. As I walk down the center aisle here, the wooden pews are in shambles. They are more splinter and wood that would be better served for kindling a fire and drying out parts of this place. The, the wood as I walk sags under my weight and I'm wondering if I will fall through this at any time. I'm not heavy by any stretch of your imagination, but yet this wood not only sags but squelches as I walk and looking up to the holes in the roof. There's no protection from the outside elements here, so when there is a storm then then it will will come in here. The smell of rot and mildew and overall decay of the wood assaults my nostrils and I can still hear the voice murmuring and I follow the sounds and as I'm walking down this aisle I notice there are two doors on either side of me and 
do not want to leave either one of them at my back, but the sound of distress coming from inside the chapel definitely has my attention. And and I cannot make out what this figure is saying and as I get closer I notice that it is a balding male dressed in filthy priest robes and and he is rocking back and forth on the one of four remaining pews here at the front of the chapel and as I get closer I can still not make out what he is saying it is though he is speaking gibberish or perhaps something else I know several languages but this this is not one of them and as I get closer I ask if he is Father Donovich and upon hearing my voice he stops making the gibber sound and and he turns to me and and I look into his eyes and 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 I can tell that something has happened to this man. He's not 100% there. He's not 100% gone either. But but he is he's definitely definitely not mentally there. I hesitate to say the word insane, but I have no other description for for the madness seen in his eyes. But yet, as he sees me approach him, hesitantly, of course, I I can tell that his eyes seem to be going to normal. And I look back to see if there was some other reason, and I can see that my footprints have left shapes in the muddy dust that covers this once fine flooring that is now cracked in spots, and the wood that is sagging. I finally notice that this man has a long rope that he is that he is holding on to and I'm guessing that his mad ramblings is what what had my attention drawn but I notice that the rope goes up into the ceiling and over a rafter that the rope is then tied to a 
rather large weight of some kind and that it appears as though this man is preparing to commit suicide by hanging and and as I reach out to try to talk him out of this I hear a loud screaming coming from beneath me and I look down out of instinct and I hear a voice say that he is starving, he is hungry, he has not eaten. And did I hear it say, Father? Well, most priests are called Father, so that makes sense to me. But, but I notice that the priest's eyes dart down and then back to me and to the rope in his hand. And I don't, I don't know what to do from here. I, I indicate that I, I'm needing his help to have the burgomaster buried in the graveyard because no one else would help Irina and Ismark. The priest just looks at me as though he does not understand my words, although I know I'm speaking in the common tongue, and I hear the voice scream again, and as though it can sense a new presence here, that, that maybe I am the food, and I ask the priest if he will bury the burgomaster and and the priest just looks at me and nods that he will. He indicates for me to sit down and I'm very hesitant as he still has a noose tied around his neck and he informs me that the voice that I hear from the undercrawl is Doru. And I don't know how to how to act. Why would why would he have his son trapped like that? Oh no day to me. Scared or shaking, lad. That be Miss Undoru that you hear beneath us. Well, I is my son, and I'm standing all like praying for him once again. Over the past year, I spent both morning, noon, and night praying, not only for his soul, but me soul as well. But I can't help but fear that it not be only he soul that be damned, but my mind as well. You see, me God has not heard me prayers nor me pleas. Oh, 
said I'll find help with fair I can't help but now acknowledge that that Miguel has forsaken me. That's why you see me here with your old around me neck. But but sure, I'll I'll help you marry the murder master. I'll give the last rights and all. Another name to be startled by the screaming. He can't get up here. I know you want to know the story, so I'll tell it to you. A little over a year, Noru got it in his full head of his that he and some other villagers would revolt against the, the evil. Sorry, but every time I think about him, I get a little upset because of what happened to me, boy. Well, like I said, a little over a year ago, they decided they'd revolt against Strahd. And, well, let's just say Doru's the only one that survived, if you can call what... If you can call what he is, having survived. They were lured there by... by a wizard that said that he could take care of the evil, but he was no better off than that evil one himself. What he did was, he left them He led them to their doom. In their fame and idiotic contempt. Everyone, like I said, but Doru, was killed. And I have no doubts that Doru was sent back to me in the state that he's in to merely torment me. And knowing, knowing my own personal code that I had, Strahd sent him back here so that this temple would be desecrated. Ah, oh, how he knows me so well, because that's exactly what I did. I took my son in, and I lured him into the undercrawl and trapped him there. I cannot stand to feed him because it means giving up a human life. I cannot feed him myself because he drained me dry. But I cannot yet bring myself to kill him because he's... <sighs> he's me own flesh and blood. You'd understand, don't look at me that way. You'd understand if you had children on your own. They might as well have killed me, son. Because that's no life that he has. No need to sit there and try to figure out what it is, because... 
the evil genius, for that's what he is. He's a brilliant genius. He sent Noru back as a vampire spawn. The evil undead, yeah, I know. And it may take any man I have. I have suffered for me sin of desecrating the temple. Don't look at me like that. I know what I did. I know what I did was wrong, but yet, he, he is my son. And no matter that he is a vampire spawn now, I still love him. And can't, can't fire to put an end to him. Even though I know it's wrong and, and inhumane, I'd rather take care of myself than, than I to do it to him. Because, because I love him still. Uh, I know. I know it's been over a year since Dory's had anything to eat. But I, I can't blame myself to do it. I don't know that it will do any good, but I will pray to the morning Lord that, that the Parker Master's body will not rise again as an undead of any kind. I will pray that he sees fit to take his soul beyond the fog. And I'll pray that he will somehow take me son's soul as well. I I will forfeit my own souls in exchange for them. <coughs> I'm sorry I'm such an emotional mess right now, but <coughs> I Oh, I'm sorry, lad. Let me gather myself. You have got to get... You've got to get her out of here. Oh, don't act like you don't know who I'm talking about. You've got to get Irina out of here. Yes, I know that it's his adopted daughter. Like I said, I know that Irina is his adopted daughter. But what you might not know is that he found her at the edge of the Zvalika woods near the pillar stone of Castle Ravenclaw. The one thing that you must do, lad, is you must never tear that sweet, that sweet girl that that she's adopted. You see, she she never knew, and Colin wanted it to remain that way. 
Colin looked like her. As though she were his own flesh and blood. She never knew any different. But when he found her, she was but a, a leave out last. And strangely enough, she had no memory of of anything, of how she got there, of who she was. She didn't even know her own name. But, whatever you do, Monzian, you've got to get her to the Abbey of St. Markovia in Chris. That would be the safest place for her. And I know, I know that's got to be the safest place, but even if you can't get her to there, then the Lockheed's not a bad, a bad second place to go. Get her there, and and I. Not that they're doing any good, but I'll pray that that she's safe. I'll go and take care of the body, and it will be my last, my last act upon this world. Go, go with speed, Manzian, and may the blessings be upon you. Manzian Battlestaff Race, Shader Kai Class, Shadow Magic Sorcerer Level 3 Armor Class 12 Health 30 out of 30 Ability scores Strength 9 modifier minus 1 Dexterity 15 modifier plus 2 Constitution 16 modifier plus 3 Intelligence 10 modifier plus 0 Wisdom 12 modifier plus 1 Charisma 18 modifier plus 4 Cantrips 4 fourths Mage Hand Minor Illusion Poison Spray Sword Burst Level 1 Spells Known 3 Mage Armor Magic Missile Thunder Wave Level 2 Spells Scorching Ray Experience Points 1075 of 2700 <laughs>